When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best thing podcast you could put your little ears into. I scream, you scream, we all scream for quarantine. Not a joke, people are getting sick, but we don't want you to get sick. We want you to listen to the best podcast you can. And we have a very special guest here today. Today, today. Damn it. Damn it. I blew it. I practiced in the car. Yeah, the you, guys, you practiced for like, like 20 minutes. Lynn Eubank is joining us today to talk about Bloodshot from Hyper RPG. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> it's good. a professional. So it was so close. Everyone was rooting for me. Everyone was yeah. in my corner, and I let every one of them down. You got most of the way there, and yeah. you just struggled with that landing a little bit. And but that's the only part that matters. It's, so it's like okay. I'd like to equate myself to Stephen King in the sense that I don't know how to land. Did you finish The Outsider yet? I did. Yeah, but uh, so that was different than the book. Yeah. What? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. For better oh, it word. was. Yeah, it was different than the book. I I don't. I haven't read the book. I just under my understanding is that it was uh, different. My only what we're getting off that. Zach, <laughs> so tell us about yourself and what your opinions uh, are of the Outsider. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought the Outsider was really great for a couple episodes there, but really struggled at the end to to really come through there and make me care about anything. But uh, but yeah, I am the CCO of Hyper RPG, a company I founded like five years ago, and we do a lot of story driven tabletop content and interactive content like choose your own adventures live and all that good stuff and and just all around big big fucking nerd uh and currently uh what are the programs you have it over at hyper hyper rpg that are going right now i know colic 1991 is an ongoing series that you guys have yeah that's kind of our our really big one right now it's like a very twin peaks slash stranger things uh improvisational live story that's a lot of fun. We experiment a lot with live face tracking VFX, and we have a composer and all this other stuff on it. It's it's really wild. But then we have things like Warhammer and lots of uh, other tabletop RPGs. We just got done doing a collaboration with WWE and D and D. That was like a D and D wrestling show, and that's awesome. It's a, yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff. How did that? Um... How did that kind of get started with Hyper RPG? How did you how how were you guys kind of figuring out that like this was the direction you wanted to go? Were you always a big RPGer? I wasn't. Um, I launched Geek and Sundry's Live Network with Felicia and brought a, a show called Critical Role to life, which is now like one of the biggest damn <laughs> things on the internet <laughs> that <laughs> makes money. Uh, but yeah, brought that to. Twitch, and it was through that that I was like, oh, there's some really cool opportunities here to not just tell a story, but to actually have live interaction that shapes that story. And I didn't get along too well with Legendary Proper, and after about a year of starting that up and running it, I decided to get the hell out of there around the same time Felicia did, and, and mm-hmm. we uh, I started my own uh, live company, and we've just been kind of doing a lot of that ever since. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, good for you guys. Uh, Hyper RPG is always... 
uh, a pleasure to check out as well as being I've hopped we both on hopped on hyper yep. heroes with uh, Hector and the gang uh, and that's always a blast oh, yeah. to talk about nerdy stuff and that's the whole point of this podcast now we're back to the intro of yeah, the episode we circled back full circle full circle baby did it organically then you pointed it out and I know you got to that's the best part of movies is when they explain it seven times what's going on when they say the title then do that in Bloodshot but they did tell you what was happening a million times this is the podcast where we talk about movies yeah TV shows yes video games yes comic books yes all the other good stuff mm-hmm. like Bigfoots and nothing scary like a international pandemic Mm-mm. no, no we like to talk one. about things you can enjoy from home yes sometimes the crowd but also from home sometimes from anywhere yeah. but also during this for me I'll just being totally candid I, I started a new uh, weekly gig and yeah. immediately <laughs> I am now <laughs> testing out how to do that from home yeah, so yeah. that's uh, that's been fun but I will be uh, testing out some live streams where we get to live watch along TV shows or movies or any of the streaming options that Disney Plus or Hulu or yeah. Netflix have to offer that we could all do together so if you are part of our Patreon go to patreon.com slash only stupid answers if you are not and you can join for, join for as low as five bucks a month and we can watch some movies together we just did Tangled, which you hadn't seen yep. before, and nope. I hadn't watched in 10, ten years. years. God yeah. damn it. It's 2010 is when that movie came out. Um, and it was a pleasure to rewatch. It's, yeah. been, it's been great. And also, I've got a long list of movies that I'm finally going to watch. Parasite. I will get to that. Yes. Good. You should. What? Yeah. I know. I know. It's bad. I'm a bad person. Shame. I'm going to go to jail. Bad, bad. I'm a bad boy. Uh, but... I have watched other things, and I want to talk about them in our opening segment. Yeah. What are you into this week? Yes. DJ? Yes. Can you kick us off? So for me this week, um, this was actually a kind of a hectic week for me because I've been uh, developing a personal project for a very long time. And I'd been working on it all last year, trying to get it off the ground. And it just, for a variety of reasons, uh, personal reasons and stuff like that, it kind of stalled out. And this was the first year in a long time that I hadn't created something that people could see. Um, So it bummed me out. And um, uh, I wanted to create some material to kind of show people um, what this was, um, film aspects of it. So that kind of developed into a short film uh, that... um, is representative of this bigger project and so the goal was to film it uh this thursday and friday and of course like uh you know i've been working on on different parts of this project for years and then finally we're working on the short and i started coordinating everything like a month ago and like it started a lot of it was outside and it starts like it never fucking rains in la it starts fucking pouring uh the fucking pandemic is happening and it's like <laughs> just let me get this it's like in those movies where like um the the big massive metal doors are like closing you're trying to get everybody through it last last minute like come through come through that's how it felt like we got to get this done before we're not allowed to talk to people anymore um and but it went very well it went very well there's some logistical issues specifically with the rain to try and figure out but that was that was my entire weekend was trying to get that done um you'll be seeing um more stuff from that as uh, you know, I post stuff online. Uh, I'll be putting the short together. Um, and uh, again, it's deal with a bigger project that will probably take the shape of a crowdfunding campaign, which who knows now when that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, which actually, it makes me feel grateful that we did do this because it's like I at least wanted to to have something. 
if for you know for whatever reason this things get delayed more at least i have a thing and now that feels very uh feels like i was more on top of things than i probably was like yeah because who knows who knows what the next few months look like um but yeah that was that was my entire week so i didn't really get to to why you know i read a couple comics or whatever but that kind of chewed up my entire week was working on that yeah yeah i mean it sounds you're very productive and now you got a little project to work on yeah while you're Locked at home. <laughs> yeah, 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 locked away. Uh, Zach, how about you? What are, what's a movie, TV show, book, or maybe some sort of sport? Do you do sports? Is, is that I, up your? Oh, sports ball is not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. Don't don't do don't do the sports ball. Uh, no, this last week we did we rebuilt our whole studio and live streamed like our fourteen hours a day of rebuilding that thing. And uh, but in the, in the interim of everything was working on around that, I uh, got to check out a couple shows. Uh, this new FX on Hulu has been really great and caught up on devs. Loved it. Yeah, I tell me so, about that. So yeah, good. I haven't checked it out either. It looks, I mean, it's weird seeing Ron Swanson with such long hair. Mm-hmm. It's so greasy. <laughs> right? It's really tough, though, because the second we started watching, my wife pointed out that it sounded like he was doing a Guilfoyle uh, impression. Mm. And it, it, he sounds so much uh, like Martin Starr and... It's really, really hard to take him seriously because it just sounds like Guilfoyle trying to be an, a serious CEO. But nice. it's really good. I mean, if you like, it's it's very much like Ex Machina. Like it has very similar ideas and tone, and you know, less apocalyptic is Annihilation, but very Ex Machina. It's really, really good. Got it. Very cool. Uh, but then also checking out this show on Amazon Prime uh, called Undone. That's like an uh, rotoscoped animated show that's phenomenal. It is, uh, we, we, oh, sorry, go on, keep uh, keep going. Oh, we just we liked it so much. We like finished it in two nights, just like powered through it. It's really really strong. I remember really the cool. ads for it, and it did look really cool. And I th- believe it stars Rosa Salazar, correct? From yeah, Alita Battle yeah. Angel, yeah. Yes, and Bob Odenkirk. And to kind of bring it back around yes. to our topic today, her boyfriend in the series, Sid Harth. Uh, Jay, I believe. Uh, he he plays the technician in Bloodshot. Oh, oh. He, uh, that role wasn't the best for like he's good in it, but the way they treat the the, the way the movie treats that character is not very nice. <laughs> it doesn't treat characters at all very nice. That's but, true. But uh, but yeah, it's really great. It's it surprised us a lot, and just a show that deals with death, schizophrenia loneliness and and insecurities it's just a lot of stuff together and really strong it looks i remember seeing the trailers for this and the posters and it did look really cool kind of um like a johnny mnemonic type mm-hmm. uh, vibe am i thinking of the right yeah, movie so. or nope i'm thinking of scanner darkly Scanner yeah, johnny yeah, mnemonic yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. not yeah. is yeah. not a, the same thing i those movies it's very it's very scanner darkly for sure <laughs> there you go um uh, it does look cool, so I am. I I'll take your word for it. And I will. I got time to fill this yeah. week. Uh, I did fill up this week uh, with one of the tests from working from home with uh, Cake because that's another FX property or FXX. It is a. It's called Cake because it's layered and it's mm-hmm. a bunch of animated and live action comedy shorts all put together, and some are repeating as in it's the same team that will make different stories throughout a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are some that are just interstitials and then there's some just random creators that have come together to make an animated uh, story that's yeah. no more than three minutes. It's it. they're all Some are very short, but usually, I'd say all of them average out to about a B uh, in terms of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like All of them quality-wise are very good, but there are some that are like stellar and then there are some where it's like, 
Yeah, Let's yeah, keep yeah. it going. And a bummer is that one of the repeating storylines that happens throughout each episode, it's called Oh No Jerome, or, or Oh Jerome No. Mm-hmm. Those are fine. Yeah. But they do fill up a good chunk of the episode, which That's is a bummer. T- it's always the challenge with anthologies is that it's usually a mixed bag. There is one. I think it's well worth checking out. I think mm-hmm. everyone should check out because it's not bad. And everything else around it is very good. Yeah. There is a a series of shorts uh, written, directed, and starring... Uh, this one actress, and she's uh, unbelievably talented. I apologize for not, not having her name in front of me, but it's called Quarter Life Poetry, mm-hmm. and it's all these little vignettes about the stresses that people going through the quarter life crisis go through, where it's like, what are you supposed to do on a Friday night? It's like, oh, you want to stay in and you want to be an introvert, but also, am I being a grandma? Am mm-hmm. I not going out and living my life? And then what no. happens when your friends lie to you and they end up at the wrong bar and then you get lost and all this other stuff? And like, it's all these like small stresses that we have that are uh, expanded, Mm-hmm. And explored in comedic ways, and but it's also uh, musical poetry. Nice, uh, and the way that it's filmed and captured is uh, for creatives of any kind. This uh, is a very inspiring thing to watch. Seeing yeah. how FX, a uh, pretty big company, is highlighting smaller creators that do not have that big of a following or even a name for themselves. So, uh, well worth checking out. I did also want to ch- uh, give a shout out to new comics that have come out this week. I won't dive into all of them, but I would give my recommendations for Hawkeye Freefall from Marvel, of course, Immortal Hulk, Thor, and uh, honestly, uh, that's it. Oh, I, but that did remind me. Uh, Steven Universe has a new episode out this week, and that show is coming to an end very soon, and it is becoming... Very apparent, and I did end up crying with the newest episode. I cry at everything. <laughs> let's not be. Let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. But this, these were well earned cries. So uh, can't recommend that show enough. It's coming to an end. Just watch six seasons and a movie, and then you can catch up just in time for the finale. <laughs> It'll be good to go. No problem. I will say both of you guys mentioned. Dude, um, ha- oh yeah, go go for it. Oh, that- I was just gonna say, how good is Immortal Hulk though? Oh, thank God, somebody else reads it. Yes, it's so good. Oh my God, this week's. Uh, oh, have you read uh, this week's issue? I haven't. I've been so busy. I haven't got to catch up yet, but I can't wait. I'm caught up completely outside of the newest issue. Oh my goodness! It's getting uh, Zemnu, which that's how I pronounce his name. The the Hulk from the Magic Planet. Uh, yep. It is. Yep. Um, I don't know how Al Ewing. Uh, I think it's uh, Bennett who does the art, but Al Ewing as a writer, I don't know how he's done such a good job, story to story, uh, creating this like horror landscape, but working within the Marvel like fabric. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of like room to play, but thus far it's just been so expertly executed. Uh, I cannot, that's the one book that I, there's a lot of books that I enjoy that come out month to month, but yeah. that one in particular, uh, is, it's a treat. It's a treat. It's a treat. It makes me sometimes feel very upset emotionally <laughs> and like makes my tummy turn. But I do very much enjoy every single issue. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, well worth it. And uh, when you do read it, I'll I'll hit you up and I'll see what you exactly. think. Exactly. Uh, but you know what? Speaking of comic books, yeah, let's segue right in to Valiant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so DJ, kicking it off with you. Yeah. Uh, what's your history with Valiant Comics? Because I remember way back when when we were doing Super TV, one of the versions yeah, of, one it, of those at versions SourceFed, of yeah. you were always giving a, a shout out to Quantum and Woody. Yeah, big fan of when Valiant did their relaunch. Their, their new Quantum Woody was was really, really on point, and I really like those characters. Um, but yeah, my I think my first exposure was probably a lot of people, if they remember Valiant, was when you're a kid in the 90s and it was during that you know, big um, 90s comic boom. 
um, with those Jim Lee cover X Men's and uh, and yeah, val- people were trying to stake their claims. So you had Image of the Time was was putting out superhero books like Spawn and Savage Dragon, which I think both currently are still ongoing. Um, and Valiant was there, and it was all all of it at the time um, was like a play at like being harder and edgier than the than DC mm-hmm. and Marvel. Um, and then it went away. <laughs> it went away. But unlike other comics like um, Malibu, we discussed that in a previous episode. Some of the some of the dead comic companies, um, Valiant did not stay away. And I believe it was in 2012 it it returned to the land of the living with Exo Manowar, Bloodshot. Eventually, Ninja got folded back in. Shadow Man and Shadow Man had a game mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, back in. 97 i think Jeez. yeah i've got a i got a couple of fun little tidbits of history that i'm excited to dive into like an iron man game that dealt with some valiant characters yeah. but um zach kicking it off because i know hyper rpg has had a uh, a close relationship with the valiant entertainment company mm-hmm. uh just tell yes. us your history with uh valiant personally and uh oh, professionally too well i got involved with them professionally because I was such a big fan and had been singing their praises so much that people would often tag me just like they did with you on Twitter of like, oh, you guys, you should talk to Zach. I, I, when the relaunch happened in 2012, I became an immediate kind of super fan because I absolutely adored their mission and the approach that they were taking to comic books, which was, you know, quality over quantity. They were only putting out at a max four books a month. And focusing on paying creators well and just like put the book out when the art's good, when it's done right. And, you know, at that time especially, I was very sad about Marvel Now and a lot of stuff that was happening. And despite there being some really great books at that time coming out from Marvel and DC, overall, it was like the beginning of the event fatigue. Mm -hmm. And Valiant's approach of quality over quantity was really refreshing. And I just kind of deep dive in and then i started doing a they released a uh rpg book back in gosh this was probably 2015 with catalyst games and in 2016 i decided to run a rpg with that book and started talking to valiant through that experience and then in 2017 they were like well let's make it canon and let's do it official and so I started working with them directly professionally and their writers and, and directly with their team. And through that, we started getting even more closely intertwined. They actually had an office in our – like they were renting office space from us for a little while. And their oh. L.A. headquarters were in our, our old studio. So we had boxes and boxes of Valiant uh, merch and print and everything else That's filling awesome. our whole studio. And uh, we got to – work really closely with them. We even ran their Valiant uh, Summit, their press summit out of our studio. And yeah, it had a great relationship with them. And then DMG Entertainment came around in 2018 and we've never heard from them since. I'm sorry. <laughs> and things, and no, it's totally fine. I still keep in touch with everyone we worked with. They're all amazing people. Everybody kind of got axed at that, uh, that takeover by DMG. So everyone we worked with was gone anyway and they're off doing really cool things now. And, uh, but I'm, I'm just a huge fan, huge fan. I ran, I guess a in Canon comic book TTRPG for a year, uh, with a bunch of amazing comedians, uh, like Ify Wadi way and mm-hmm. Daniel Radford and, uh, Johnny Cruz, Danny Fernandez. Uh, they were all on the show 
and yeah, those were all in char- in canon comic book characters, and it was a really cool thing to deep dive as far as I could into the Valiant universe and look for all these little hidden things to pull out into our show and working with the writing team to do that. And uh, But since then, since 2018, I don't think I've read a single book except for the new Dr. Mirage that came out because that, mm-hmm. really, it's really good. But uh, I think that's it. I'm pretty out of the loop for the last year and a half, two years since DMG took over. So when it comes to um, like trying to create a, a RPG that's in canon, do you think it was like, because you brought up that when it relaunched, you know, they kept, it reminded me a lot of uh, the early Ultimate, Marvel Ultimate books where it's it's only like, mm-hmm. like you said, four totally. or five books and they just kind of keep a, a tighter rein on everything. It, do you think it, it was easier doing something with Violent or, or Valiant where they kind of have a handle on their continuity or if it was something oh, like like Marvel or DC where kind of as much as people like to bitch about it continuity kind of doesn't matter you know what I mean like <laughs> oh yeah no it it was much easier and you know they had internal handbooks they were sharing with me cool. and I could meet directly with the CEO and say hey what if I took the characters this way and he would say well check this out we're going to be doing this thing in 2 years with these characters so can you start building up to it so often our show would be building underlying plot lines for things that would show up a year later in the comic books wow. because they were so aware and tight of their continuity and where things were headed that's really it was cool. really awesome i um i had a gig very briefly where um uh an app was trying to do something in continuity with a uh it's fair to say a fairly significant franchise and i was supposed to be writing scripts for it and then it went away yeah, <laughs> it went away. yeah that whole that yeah. whole yeah. company too yeah yeah, yeah. Of... it just all went away mm-hmm. um but uh <laughs> but it's always fun to see if you can play in somebody's sandbox i gotta ask the the most basic question who would do you have like a a gold standard for valiant characters like your go-to character Oh, uh, I mean, the, when Jeff Lemire was writing Bloodshot, it was Bloodshot was really high up there. But Eternal Warrior is probably my favorite mm-hmm. uh, and the different iterations of Eternal Warrior. And there's been some really great runs. Uh, but I think the uh, Robert Venditti run, The Wrath of Eternal Warrior, is just, I think, one of the best comic books of the last 10 years. It's phenomenal. Great. Uh, uh, David Aha did the art for it. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. Remember, is the cover artist for... Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book is just from panel to panel, just an absolute delight. That's amazing. I remember the last Valiant run I read was um, Ninjak when it was Ninja K, which I thought was oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a pretty smart uh, retool of the character's name. Um, mm-hmm. And Eternal Warrior played a played a role in that, and it was really cool. I'm a big fan, yeah. uh, just because uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a YouTube channel called Comic Storian. They're very popular. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, I know Comic Storian. We'd done a couple uh, videos with them way back when, and I remember he there was a series they were doing. They were recommending indie comics but indie for valiant was it was just different they were just doing yeah. like highlights for like number ones that were coming out and i so i listened to it that's how i found out about animosity from aftershock comics yeah and he also was talking about secret weapons the real the the new secret weapons with live wire as the head but the pitch was uh with the uh harbinger foundation's program for activating these psyots there were some that were just duds. <laughs> like they got powers, yep. but they blew, man. Like they suck. So good. Such a fa- uh, uh, fail of investment, loss of investment. Yeah. Like that. Um, and uh, yeah, so you got this team of people who do have impressive abilities, but they're not useful mm-hmm. in any way. And that book is 
the the psychology behind each of the characters is really interesting. The threat was uh, fine because it was blockbuster. Yeah. It was a blockbuster level threat, but these characters and how they dealt with it was really just from a storytelling point of view it was very inspiring and i i really enjoyed it i even bought like the full i like to read digital because i like to read on the go yeah. uh i still like to support Me too. local Me too. it's just it it's convenience um but i do like to support local comic book stores so i did go and buy uh the first trade of that series because i know it went on for a little bit but i did thoroughly enjoy it and i did recommend it as much as i could to uh comic readers and non-comic readers but do you want to dive into the history of Valiant really quick? Because yes. uh, I did pull some info. Uh, Wikipedia, big help. Uh, mm-hmm. did, it was founded in 1989 and uh, by former Marvel's uh, editor-in-chief, Jim Shooter, along with a couple other uh, big names. But the, he was the biggest name in the comic industry. And due to the success initially of Valiant in the early 90s, he was uh, he nominated and awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award. At the same time, Stan Lee was nominated and won wow. his Lifetime Achievement Award for Marvel. And this was short-lived, of course, till 1994 when the entire company was sold off to Acclaim Entertainment. And that's when we started getting new comics, but also the video game uh, yeah. iterations of these characters. I believe um, – I don't know if that would show – I know they had a Chorak comic for, comic for a minute. And I yeah. think that yep. might be part of the yep. claim. And I, they, as far as I can follow uh, for the history of Turok, they yeah. are no longer a part of uh, Valiant no. Entertainment Correct. anymore. The, Correct. Valiant, they, they weren't able to get all of the licenses back from Acclaim. Mm-hmm. Uh, most uh, the ones that they were able to get back, uh, I have a list here. Were while you're bringing that up, that I do know they released a book uh, a little while ago called Savage that was kind of like. Turok, but not mm-hmm. so. Don't sue us. Yep. Uh, and it was a, it was a it was a good book. I enjoyed that. Uh, Archer and Armstrong, Quantum and Woody, and Ray. I'm yeah. gonna call it Ray, yes. uh, which is from the Bloodshot, like yeah. where that the, that's where he at least first uh, popped up. And uh, Acclaim also famously made the Exo Man of War and Iron Man video game, where mm-hmm. they teamed up to. They're looking for a fragment of the Cosmic Cube, but also the alien race that had kidnapped uh, Exo Man of War. Yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, the they were back and they were causing some trouble. And mm-hmm. all the reviews I've read of this game make it sound genuinely <laughs> awful. So um, yep. it is uh, not a surprise that in 2004, Acclaim declared bankruptcy and when they were able to sell off good chunks of their uh, IP. And Valiant Entertainment was founded uh, with your buddy Dinesh, uh, as well as another uh, big group of comic professionals. And uh, they were, it, what I've gathered is until 2012, they were just reprinting older Valiant comics and collections. And then they had the Summer of Valiant event in 2012, where they fully relaunched with Exo Manowar, Harbinger, Bloodshot, and Archer and Armstrong, looking like the first four titles. And Bloodshot was unbelievably popular uh in 2014 and they've won numerous awards and it sounds like for a very good reason with the creative teams that were behind it like you mentioned robert vendetti uh for bloodshot i'm a big fan of uh, he's a name that i will just pick up anyways and like nine times out of ten i'm gonna love what he's doing uh right now he's writing hawkman for dc as well as justice league i personally like what he's doing with hawkman more which is weird because it's (laughs) hawkman yeah um but he what he's doing with that character is uh, truly, truly great. And yes, as of right now, Valiant was purchased by DM, DMG. So uh, we'll see what happens. Who is DMG? What's their deal? Let's go ahead and take a look. They just buy common companies? <laughs> uh, the Yes, and then by the way, messing Sam, them up. I think you buried the lead on that Iron Man Exo Man of War game. It's called Iron Man Exo Man of War in Heavy Metal. Oh, yes. So, uh, you're right. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, DMJ. Wow. They, DMG, excuse me. They... Their big thing is a lot of uh, Valiant Entertainment on their website. There you go. And Transformers Live and the Live Marvel experience. That's more. You know what? 
We'll dive into this in another episode. <laughs> you know what? We'll get yeah. to we'll get uh, to yeah, there a little bit later. It's a, it's a chi- isn't it a Chinese company or? It lo- it's looking like. Hey, it. what yeah. could go wrong there? Um, so kind of like the the big thing on their website right now was was Bloodshot. We got to ask you. We talked a little bit about uh, before the episode if you'd seen Bloodshot. Uh, we, I want to know your thoughts. What were your because we have our view on YouTube.com slash Only Stupid Answers, uh-huh. but we want to know what you thought of the movie. Yeah, uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised given the struggles I can imagine of that production. Um, you know, I I don't have to work with him personally, so I'm just going to throw out there, like, Vin Diesel's not the easiest uh, person to work with in the world. Hmm. So anytime somebody comes out and you're like, you know what? There were a couple scenes where he was acting. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised, you know? And I'm actually coming out of it like, okay, like, Vin almost had a believable line there. That's great. Um, I think I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's a couple scenes where I'm like, hey, you know, he showed up. Good for him. Um, But he's notoriously one of the hardest people to work with in Hollywood. um, And that's why I think you don't see him in many things. But, you know, and the the budget wasn't necessarily out, you know, massive, shot mostly in South Africa primarily um, to, to get as much out of that budget as they possibly could. So I was never expecting it to be even close to Marvel or DC quality. I definitely went into it thinking this is going to be some good, you know, sci-fi schlock that I'm hopefully just going to have a good time with. And there were enough action scenes for me to be pleasantly like, okay, but you know, once you start looking at the story in any critical way, of course you're going to be able to pick it apart and just, just kind of, hammer down on it and all its cliche value pretty hard and and i do think that's a little bit of a bummer because there was i think a lot of really high opportunity there that was most likely lost through backdoor contract disputes and right in the middle of production the uh licenses for harbinger being lost um from sony which if you know bloodshot's history not being able to bring up psyots i feel like takes away your most compelling aspect of a good bloodshot story um it's so funny like sorry finish that oh no no go ahead go ahead and it's funny with that too because because when we were doing the review i kind of looked up you know what the what the plan was with the cross i this was when i was trying to figure out if there were any other characters and when i saw that basically sony has bloodshot now And Paramount got the Everything rest. Else. Yeah, <laughs> it's this, and it's this weird like. And, and of course, some of the press people came out. I was like, it's not that big a deal. It's not like the Spider Man thing because Spider Man's a bigger deal to Marvel than Bloodshot is to Valiant. And it's like, but are you sure about that? Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, the seems... Harbinger Wars are massive. The Harbinger Wars are like what define Valiant's relaunch in 2012 into 2013. So to start the Valiant universe cinematically without a build into the Harbinger Wars feels like you've cut yourself off at the knees before you've even got started. Yeah, I uh, don't know quite how that happened, mm-hmm. Then how Sony, I don't know about let, or they had to sell it off for reasons, I'm not sure. They seem like they're doing fine mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. Um, so it's Maybe they'll rent Bloodshot out to Paramount, just like they're doing with uh, Paramount. But then make individual movies for all of his villains, yes. and then they'll team up, and then they'll fight him. Mm-hmm. You get it. 
no, no I don't crossover. Think, I don't think <laughs> anything's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, just to sum up my thoughts on it, I was super disappointed with it. <laughs> um, not that I had any, I had never read a Bloodshot story. I liked the idea for the character. DJ, before we had watched the movie, pitched it as Punisher meets Wolverine. Um, yeah. If you were to sum it up and pitch it to somebody, and um, I, I see those elements. And then the rest of the movie was like, it was a Frankenstein of early 2000s sci-fi slash action movies. You know, it's like it's nothing felt particularly original to what was happening in the story. It was just a new version of telling the same story that I had seen 70 times, Mm -hmm. um, which is disappointing. And I really really like Lamorne Morris, and he was really insufferable in that movie as Wiggins? Yeah. Wiggins. Wiggins. Yep. Original to the movie, right? That's a... Yeah, uh, everybody. That's the biggest, saddest thing about this is the comic book fan in me just sit there the whole movie waiting. Just mention Toyo Harada. <laughs> mention the Harbinger Foundation. Anything. But it's like knowing that Heiser is one of the writers on this and that he has such a deep love for Psyots and everything within the Psyot kind of like world and, and Harada – the fact that there's not one mention anywhere it just lets me know this is 100% had to be backdoor contract stuff. Like this, there's no way that that stuff wasn't in the original scripts. This, it's just impossible. It had to be there, and there's not even a, a broad mention of any world outside of that. And that's kind of a bummer as a comic book fan. No, so, same. And because I I can see the appeal of Psyots, because also like diving into Harbingers. Uh, the idea yep. of them. I'm going to dive into it really quick for yeah, the yeah, listeners yeah. who are not familiar. Uh, Harbingers are also known as Psyots or if you want to dumb it down to, it's like the X-Men or the metahumans, for, depending yeah, on the, what you're reading. They're yeah, they're mutants. Uh, but they're a race of evolved superhumans with psionic abilities in the Valiant universe, and the world's most powerful is Toya Harada. There is an antagonist, or mm-hmm. a, uh, a, a an opposite to him as well that is not a part of his foundation, but Toya Harada founded the Harbinger Foundation, and what I've gathered, and Zach, you can correct me on this, uh, is that he uses his foundation to find other psyots and activate them, and that process is pretty harrowing that could even yes. it's like one in four survival rate right to like yeah. even live yeah. through the process but that's how yeah and these are often kids too mm-hmm. and like that's how we got faith mm-hmm. if i'm remembering uh as well yep. as the other like secret weapons and live wire live wires part of unity their version of the avengers in the sense that it's just a team yeah then none of the function of them is is close to the way the avengers or even like the justice league function which yeah. is cool that they are unity I, is original outside of those teams and to me, Toyo Harada is one of the best comic book villains of all time across all publishing companies. He is friggin' phenomenal. And uh, every any book with Harada in it, you can pick it up and you're guaranteed you're going to have a good time. Because he's, he's a lot like Doctor Doom or uh, Magneto in that you're just – there's a lot of righteousness involved with mm-hmm. the character. And then when you get to hear that character side of the story, you're always coming out of it like, oh, dude, Harada's right. Mm-hmm. Harada's right. Fuck everybody else. Kill them all, man. Yeah. You're on the right path. So it's, and then he has just an older way of thinking about things, so he's always confronted with youth. And when you inter- interjected Bloodshot into that mix, it led to so much fun stuff. And to give you a little, like, back behind-the-scenes insight, like, they've been trying to make this Bloodshot movie for so long. Mm-hmm. And ever since I've known anyone at Valiant, every time we would hang out, they would give me updates on production and pitching and scripts and everything else. Like there's, they've been working on it for so long. And as a really big fan of Bloodshot and Harbinger Wars and Harbinger, 
the second I got out of seeing Logan in theaters, the first thing I did was pull out my phone and text one of my friends at Valiant and be like, oh, shit, does this change everything for you guys? Mm-hmm. And they just they wrote back an upside down smiley face emote like <laughs> like if you know the story of Bloodshot, Logan was much closer to probably what the original Bloodshot movie was going to be. Mm-hmm. And. Like I got out of Logan, I was like, "Up, oh, there was your Bloodshot movie, and we're never going to get that now. They they can't do that. It's going to be way too similar." But then outside of that, the contract stuff happened, and wouldn't have mattered anyway. So but. behind the scenes stuff that I've read is that Jared Leto was originally attached to possibly play Bloodshot. I'll yeah. be honest, glad he's not. <laughs> um, also, Chad Stileski and David Leach, who were the the two talented boys behind the John Wick franchise, yeah. And I was, yeah. I was, David Leach went on to do Atomic Blonde and mm-hmm. Deadpool Two and Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, another movie about nanobots making yeah. someone into a Terminator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy! Um, yeah, uh, they. So it's it. I would have liked to have seen a version of that movie, of course, with those two directors uh, at the helm, but it, it didn't. They passed, so uh, yep. it went on to Dave Wilson, mm-hmm. famous for cinematic cutscenes in video games in video games yeah, which w- isn't the biggest it's not a knock because yeah. we got tim miller out of that and i did a lot i really like terminator dark fate and the first deadpool movie i like those movies yeah it's interesting too like it, it kind of gives me like a bloodshot gave me kind of a low rent neil blomkamp vibe and it's like yes what's, what's neil blomkamp doing you could just hired him you could just you just <laughs> could have just gotten he's been trying to do a video game movie for years what is he up to uh trying to make an alien movie i think so do you guys think going, like what were you saying I was like, didn't he just put out like a recently like a collection of produced short films? You're right. That- yeah, you're right. He did do that. I so I gotta ask, uh, independent of our feelings of Bloodshot, realistically, the movie is not gonna do well just because of no. I, I, even if it was the best movie we'd seen in a decade, it's it's yeah. it's not gonna do great right now. Uh, Again, I can. I can give you a little bit of insight to that. I was actually just texting back and forth with Dinesh this morning about the movie. And he said that their current um, reports that they're getting is attendance is down 80% from expected and even like... Oh, my God. Yeah, 80% attendance uh, down. So... And again, yeah. this, that's just that it's just globally. Yeah, too. yeah, you can't you just you can't plan for stuff like that. So, is there a chance that uh, Paramount gets a, gets an opportunity to get Bloodshot back? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think? Like, based on this this performance, like, I mean, I could see even like uh, executives explaining away yeah. the failure of this movie yeah. with just uh, the coronavirus. But I, they gotta know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they gotta know that they they kind of whiffed it. They very My much whiffed it. My concern is it wouldn't go to Paramount; it would go to DMG. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I'm wondering if DMG gets it back after this, if because um, I think the Paramount deal happened before the DMG deal, and now I bet DMG would do everything in their power to make sure that they somehow get all of these back under their roof. Yeah, wow, this connected universe thing—it's uh, a bummer. I mean, they're they're getting there now, but it's a—it's—it's it's so strange that DC took a minute to struggle with it because they're the only yeah. ones that have all their things. They have all of their yeah. toys. <laughs> They don't have to make deals with anybody else. They don't have to. Warner Brothers got it all. Yeah. I mean, Marvel spoiled us. Like, we should never be comparing anything to what Feige has done because it's unprecedented. And they've absolutely spoiled. It's wild to even imagine that this is possible. And now everyone's trying to do it. And when you start seeing how 
behind the scenes, all these deals work in Hollywood. It's like, how did Feige do this? How did this even happen? Yeah. How was he ever able to make this happen? Like even thinking about the the slip ups that have ha- slip up uh, any behind the scenes quarrels that they've had with like Terrence Howard having to be recast or yeah. Edgar Wright mm-hmm. walking away from Ant Man. Like yeah. even Edward or Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah, like uh even that it's like you barely remember it. What you if it's oh yeah remember what, if, it. what if it's because Kevin Feige's fucking ruthless. <laughs> Maybe. Like what if he's like threatening people's families and stuff like, yeah, you can do that if you never want to see your children again. <laughs> and he walks out in an Iron Man like a full functioning Iron Man suit. You're like where where was that real? And yeah, he, what's happening? <laughs> blows up your car. Uh hey you never know. I, mean, I don't know. We don't know. Hey, we don't There's know. No, we, we're just hey, listen. I just asked the Wildly question. Wildly speculating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could. Oh man, thinking about that now after you said that, I saw last year at USC a, a like anniversary Avengers screening with just students. So it was a really small theater, and it was Feige and um, Joss Whedon introducing and talking about the film. But obviously, you know, this is after. Joss had exited working with Marvel completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was like so much awkwardness on that stage about people asking questions about Age of Ultron, even though they were there to talk about, you know, the first one. And and anytime Joss would bring up any like studio like disagreements or anything like that, it was just there's just this like tension in the air that you just oh thinking about it that way now. I'm like, man, Feige might be fucking ruthless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good quip. You know what else is a good quip? Sponsor today's episode. Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, wants you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this. If you have good habits, you're good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, though, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough, not too much, just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping. So your routine is always right. We're talking free, baby. Join over three million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25 dues. That's dollars in a American. And if you go to getquip.com slash answers right now, you'll get your first refill for free. free. That's your first refill for free at getquip.com slash answers. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash answers. Quip, the good habits company. Now back to the show. Boy, howdy, do we love our sponsors that support this show. Uh, Probably we wouldn't have a show without them. Nope. No. But thank you, Thank you. Uh, anyways, let's go ahead and uh, we got some questions from the audience, but also Zach, I want to ask, yes. in your dream world, the pitch we got was that we were going to get two Bloodshot-related movies. Uh, an origin yes. movie, follow-up, then a Harbinger movie, follow-up, Harbinger war uh, film where it's crossover. Uh, Toya Harada, probably our main Lex Luthor bad guy, uh, what have you. Uh, Harbinger yeah. versus Bloodshot and his band of merry men. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that... Let's table that for now. What would your oh. dream Valiant Cinematic Universe be? Or if that's too big, who would you have preferred to be the intro character for something like this? Don't You don't have to map out the whole thing. What would, what would your uh, dream uh, starter for the Valiant Cinematic Universe be? Well, if, if we're being realists here and we know that, as you said, okay, you can't do Harbinger Wars, you can't do Harbinger, all that stuff's whatever... 
you can't bring Unity together. So where do you start? I think Secret Weapons is the best choice. And you start with Livewire. And there's so much backstory within Livewire that is really interesting. And if you start right at Secret Weapons, it gives you time to unveil it. Uh, you know, she was Toy Harada's assistant for years. And it took a lot of um, growth for her to release herself from that conditioning. And it comes with a lot of extra weight with her as a black woman and her overcoming this person who was kind of gaslighting her for so many years and her wanting to help these kids. But then also her power set is so interesting and so phenomenal to see. And I think it would be really cool in this age of superheroes to have a movie with a bunch of reject young people who have the most useless powers and how they confront that very dangerous world around them. I, th I think that could be the dream starting point. And I mean, it, it, again, you know that there had to be issues because Heiser, I feel like, he wrote Arrival, you know? Mm -hmm. And he wrote Secret Weapons, and his overall world-building and vision is so strong. It'd be really cool to see him get to write a script uh, without those restrictions and seeing what could come out of it. So the pitch for... Uh, I really like that idea, by the way. Uh, Livewire, for people who are not familiar with the character, is a technopath, so she's able to te talk to technology, mm -hmm. which uh, what I read in Secret Weapons, I thought it was really cool. And it was yeah. also cool to have such an OP character helping kind of try to shepherd these kids who do have some impressive abilities. We have... Uh, I'll just use shorthand for their characters. Finch, who... Mm -hmm can talk to just birds, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm a big fan of. We have uh, uh, Lucia Alonzo, who's able to make things explode, but sometimes she can't. Okay. Um, uh, we have Avi, who can turn to stone, but when he holds his breath, yeah. but can't move. <laughs> so he turns, he's solid. Yeah. Uh, so what happens if you throw him into a lake and yeah. then he sinks all the way to the bottom? Uh, that happens in the first run. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And then Owen Cho was my favorite that he, they call him a conjurer because he can make anything appear, but he can't control what it is. Nice. So he, in a stressful situation, shit can just start appearing mm -hmm. in a room and they, it's cool the way Livewire is able to navigate it where there are ways to maybe make them more useful, yeah. but it's more about them finding the val like feeling validated yeah. as like they don't feel like a a total failure yeah. being labeled that by basically a government and a every corporation and people they're yeah, yeah. basically labeled as a failure. I like that idea too because DC's version of that is kind of sort of the Suicide Squad without them being villains. It's more of like a, a gang of kind of fuck-ups in a way. I think it's more Doom Patrol because all of their, Doom Patrol, they, yeah, yeah. their powers kind of yeah, blow. Totally. Good call. Yeah. Doom Patrol is closer. I was starting to think movies, but yeah, yeah. Doom Patrol is, is the closest. Marvel doesn't really have anything like that right now in, in the films. No. Um, they've got some version of that yeah, somewhere. Yeah. One of the X-Men teams probably. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of surprised when it comes to making a Valiant Universe that the number one uh, thing to try and push through hasn't been Exo Manowar because I've always associated him like he's Valiant's guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, for the yeah. friend, for the fans at home, what's your pitch for Exo the, Man of War? The, the way I always perceived Exo Man of War, especially when I was reading the 2012 relaunch, is it's, it's what if you rolled Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man into one character? Mm -hmm. Cause, yep. Yeah, because he's he's a he's an ancient. Um, he, is he? No, he's not a prehistoric warrior. He's an ancient like uh, he's like a barbarian mm -hmm. that's abducted by aliens and gets this alien armor. So he's got the. Armor-based abilities like Iron Man is a man out of time like Cap, but the the time he's from is more like Thor. Mm -hmm. So it's just the, all the dudes in one. But whenever I thought – when I was younger, whenever I thought Valiant, I thought Exo Man of War. And I know yeah. he was one of the key cornerstones of their relaunch. So I'm surprised that I haven't heard more about 
him as a character. I do know that the movie's been in pre-production, and uh, Zach, you could speak to this for whatever you're able to speak yeah. to, but I remember hearing there have been talks for a couple years uh, about getting an Exo Man of War uh, film produced. It um, just costs too much money. He's been, it's, prob- it's probably way too expensive. Yeah, because forty million was the budget for Bloodshot. How could you yeah. ever possibly make a movie for? No, truly though, because uh, half of that was probably Vin Diesel's paycheck. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then that one scene where he blows up and he gets to be rebuilt like that, Th- that was, was a was big the, chunk of the money. I got a rip. I'm sorry. We're forty minutes and forty five minutes of the podcast. You, you guys listening probably aren't going to watch Bloodshot anyway. I knew. <laughs> The second, I even think I leaned over to you when this happened. No, it was at the end of the movie. I always tell the end of the movie. There's a scene where he's talking to Guy Pierce in this dreamscape, and he builds this the, the entire like what's what's that the Malfi Coast the Malfi Coast, and it like builds around him, and it goes on for like two minutes too long. Like it's like we get the bit. It's it's virtual. It's digital. And it was in that moment I'm like, oh, this is an effects guy, and he probably thinks this is really cool. Yeah, and I can guarantee that there's going to be moments after this moment where I'm like, the money should have gone to this thing. Mm -hmm. And then the final fight scene starts happening and everybody's kind of like glossy and rubber. I'm like, yeah, you blew your fucking money on that stupid Malfi Coast bit. You should have saved it for your final fight. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Damn it. I don't disagree. Uh, All I'm saying is you can use that money better place. (laughs) Please. Uh, Yeah, no, I did want to ask, Zach, uh, did, uh, did you check out the Valiant YouTube series? Yes, the one done by uh, the superhero uh, uh, Bat Out of the Sun. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bat yeah. Bat mm-hmm. the Sun. Yeah, I was. I, I got to hang out on set for some of those, and we were working with uh, Jason David Frank at the time, and and I was working with Valiant a lot too at the time. So we would get invited to just come kind of hang out and stuff like that. And um, honestly, <laughs> like. Mm. I would prefer watching that because it knows what it is, and it's like it's like watching a Saturday morning cartoon, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, yeah it, it, it's fun. Valiant should consider doing a Saturday morning cartoon. That's how most of us kids got on board with any of these comic characters to begin with. Mm-hmm. Who would they give it to? You think? Where would it be? Where would it be? Oh, what network? Mm-hmm. Oh, good question. Disney Plus. Disney. I mean, I was gonna say Hulu, but then that's also kind of like. Yeah. Where'd it go? You Netflix. It'd be Netflix. Netflix. Would yeah, work yeah, with yeah. yeah, they're the still like free range, mm-hmm. or they can kind of have some flexibility. Did, did any of you read Matt Kent's run of Exo Manowar? I did not. I read a little bit of it. That could just straight up be a Netflix cartoon right there. Yep. That Matt Kent run is so strong, and it's got a lot of the same like cartoon vibes that Netflix often goes for. Yeah. And it's, it's great. It's great. Put it right next to really target to children. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but have it right next to Castlevania, and so like kids like, oh, yeah. I like Dexter Manor. Starts watching Castlevania, and they like their brain melts. <laughs> Man, that that vibe though for <laughs> Castlevania would be kind of cool for like a Valiant mm-hmm. thing. I don't know how you'd get people to go watch that. Yeah. Uh, no offense to Valiant or the fan base, just you got to get you got to open it up a little bit to yeah. like, get people interested. Uh, by the way, I did listen to a radio ad for Bloodshot, and you heard Vin Diesel say, "I'm Bloodshot." I'm mm-hmm. like, that sure as shit didn't happen <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, it was almost like they were embarrassed, like Project Bloodshot. Sh- 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 I think it was like this: uh, this summer, Vin Diesel becomes a superhero rebooted, and I was like, okay. Mm- yeah. <laughs> Can I, another interesting thing: uh, a lot of the um, posters for Bloodshot are the iconic image. Like, I, obviously, it's not the logo on the shirt; it's like the glow through the shirt. But he's got the two guns. I don't yep. think he fires one gun when he becomes bloodshot. He no, yeah, he does in the tunnel. 
He does, does in the he? tunnel. Yeah, he. But you can't see because the camera angles are so bad. <laughs> you can't see what's happening in that entire scene. It's hard to tell. But he does have a gun. Yeah, because I've always seen uh, Bloodshot as a gun boy. Yeah, and yeah. It's more of Vin Diesel elbowing guns apart. <laughs> That's true. That yeah. also does happen. And little critters running around him. Yeah, yeah. That that happens. Um, you know, I the I will say as one positive to Bloodshot was I liked the guy who had eyes, mm-hmm. the cameras all over his body, so he mm-hmm. could use see a lot. Yes. Um, and that's it. Um, yeah. I my <laughs> one plus is. Yeah, what, what were you going to say? You guys find it, did you find it interesting that they show you when he's going out on one of his missions that he can hack into the servers and find out anything he needs to know in the world? But then the second that he's going to like actually fight them, he doesn't use any of those abilities at all? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. pretty good. That's he could have like shut down that whole facility and controlled them in such awesome ways and like really messed with them and got in their heads. But instead, it's just... It reminds me of Dark Knight Rises, where it's like supposed to be the world's greatest detective, but I'm going to go fist fight Bane again. <laughs> you know, and it's like I've got all these superpowers to control this whole building and can have access to the entire world through satellites. But I'm I'm going to uh, let's fist fight. Let's do this. Yeah, and also it's it's weird too because it's also a kind of nebulous of whether does he actually have the ability to hack that because the information he gets is misinformation that they're giving him. That he thinks mm-hmm. he's getting. And so that's information that's not really conveyed well mm-hmm. or in any yeah. sort of like clear cut way. Like what can he do other than... He's supposed to be able to. Like he's supposed to be able to very easily use his nanites to control other tech. And the only real problem for him in the Valiant Universe is Livewire. And yeah. outside of that, he's completely kind of unstoppable in that regard outside of his own imagination, which... Jeff Lemire did a great run with him where that kind of shows that's his biggest weakness is his his humanity and he is a little psychotic and the, have you guys heard of Blood Squirt? No. First off, great name. Yeah. And no, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> Blood Squirt is a little cartoon 8-year-old version of Bloodshot that appears in his head and talks to him. It's great. Nice. <laughs> oh, I love that kind of stuff. I I will say I think the one bullet they did did dodge is when I was reading Bloodshot and the relaunch, a big uh, component of it was the fact that if his nanites got out, out of control, they would just become this like all-consuming mass. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, he's, it was probably good that considering when this movie was falling, that that was not an aspect of the narrative. <laughs> One of the yeah. my favorite parts. So we were lucky enough to go to the premiere and Sony was very nice enough to invite us. And they have always been a big supporter of, of the show. Uh, Vin Diesel did introduce the movie. Yes. Um, mm. And he I don't know if we did mentioned this in a review. He did his job. Did he yeah. show up in time? Did he uh, show up in time? No, we were no. 45 minutes late to yeah, yeah, but to be but to be fair, every premiere we've gone to <laughs> yeah. is at least 45 minutes to an hour late. Yeah, but it was clear when he showed up, and it was 45 minutes yeah, after yeah, yeah, it was yeah. supposed to start. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he, he showed up, and just to mention one line he said that was confusing, so maybe we can unpack this. Yeah. He said that Guy Pierce on set noted that his work on Memento helped prepare him for this movie. What do you guys think of <laughs> that? What parts of Memento? I would, I would helped? like to say, I would like to say that to clarify the way I remember him saying it was, he said Guy Pierce was like, well, it's a good thing I did Memento before this. Yeah, which the way he said it implied that mm-hmm. that Memento helped prepare him. But who knows what the real context was? Like maybe he looked. I'm at still it. getting paid for Memento, so I can do shit. <laughs> <laughs> or like he's looking at the script i'm like oh this is dog shit and confusing well at least they did memento before this so i could kind of make sense of it i don't know or he was like oh here's another movie that only the edit can save exactly. 
<laughs> Thank God I did that movie because I couldn't follow a fucking thing on set. It was like talking in a bubble. Yeah. Until, and uh, also, it's it's something, and I do not know Guy Pearce, and I think he's a great performer. He's obviously good in Memento. He's also good in a movie I really love called The Proposition. He's a really talented actor. Oh, so Iron good Man in 3? Proposition. Yeah, Proposition's great. He's also in, yes, he is in Iron Man 3. He's I the Mandarin. One of my go-to he's for the Mandarin. So it's breathe him fire. What the fuck? Anyway, um, the Mandarin's too silly, but we're going to have this guy breathe fire. Like, come on. Anyway, um, but also, you know, when you see actors play smart people, it it doesn't necessarily mean because a lot of actors do dog shit movies. Happens. Yeah. Got to pay the bills. Yeah, got to pay them bills. Nicholas Cage. Here's a that's the pro. Okay, so I had a project idea. Yeah, yeah, throw this out there. I'll pitch it. See if the audience responds well to this. There's that whole like ten year sprint between like Ghost Rider and Mandy. Let's say where he did all these straight to DVD movies. Left Behind is in there. The remake. Yes. yes. Should we we, should we go and watch those and rate those? Yes. There's a sure. By the way, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to pull from. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. Zach, I'll hit you up if you want to do that as well. It's (laughs) oh god. That sounds like a great weekend. Bangkok dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say this. Bloodshot does feel like a missed opportunity. If you had a stronger perspective, script with a stronger perspective, and you had the right filmmaker, and I think that's where a lot of these, um, because Kevin, these these shared universes have struggled. Because I think Kevin Feige really keyed into the fact that whether intentionally or not, that with the Marvel stuff, he's essentially making the world's most expensive TV show. And he is the showrunner. Mm. That's how that functions. And so it struggles for all these other movie people who are not thinking that way to change their paradigm. And then you have situations like this where it's like, well, here's a brand. And at a certain point, no matter the intentions of the people making it, at a certain point it becomes like, well, we're just trying to cash in on this brand. Because there's not like a strong perspective of – you can see like the 15 different ideas that ended up making what this movie was. I feel like personally that it's usually people go in with the best intentions and there are people involved who care so much and it's always the back end. Like I, I hate the cliche representation of it, but the more I talk to people who are in these positions, that's exactly what it feels like they go through of they walk into a pitch room or for a meeting and it's a bunch of old white dudes smoking cigars being like, but what about this? Yeah. And what if you do this? And we're paying for your movie, so what if you do this? And oh, by the way, I know you had a script written. I know this is your plan, but we just sold all this stuff to another company, so you're going to have to rewrite all that and do it all over again and have to make it work with this. Oh, this is the budget we told you. Actually, you're only going to get this budget. Figure it out. You know, like there's people involved, I think, who care so much and so deeply, especially knowing Dinesh is involved with this. Like that dude single handedly spent a quarter of his life relaunching Valiant comic books and giving you the most quality books that were ever put out there for that company, you know, and like Mm -hmm. focusing on getting the right creators and the right voices and just working so hard and knowing how much that dude just lived and breathed this stuff. I know he probably took that right into the production and, you know, I always think like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a small miracle that we get any good movie because mm-hmm. of all the areas, all the places that one can just fall apart into just trash, and you're left there wondering, like, how the fuck did this get made? And, I, you know, it's like, I, at what point when you put that much blood, sweat, and tears into it, do you like, well, you know, this is probably going to suck and be a portion of what we want it to be, but your options are 
make it or don't make it. Yeah. So what do you, you know, what do you do? Yeah, and you try your best. And yeah. it, it's uh, it's unfortunate for how this rolled out. And there, of course, there's a version of the Valiant universe that can work on screen. It feels like there's a rich catalog of characters and stories to dive into. And looking at Toya Harada, you kind of you throw out Doctor Doom, but also, I get like Lex Luthor vibes, but at the same mm-hmm. time like Magneto vibes, where it's there's a complicated. Uh, moral compass for this character and also for being how powerful he is. It's, it, it it would be a new type of supervillain, superhero type mm-hmm. uh, character to see on screen that could resonate with a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I, oh, think, man. I think there's plenty of room for Paramount or whoever if they want to give it another shot in two, two, another three years. Another bloodshot. Well, apparently when this stuff went over to Paramount, there, Harbinger was already well into production and that whole production just moved over to Paramount. So we so, could see as, So literally, as of right now, things are moving forward as planned. But you know what? Things keep moving forward as planned for New Mutants, and then, and then the universe just kicks it right in the nuts again. So <laughs> oh We will get that movie. Why, though? Our children might. <laughs> Our children's children. It'll come out once. Yeah. It's like the Messiah. It'll come yeah. back one time. It'll come back. Honestly, though, that last trailer for New Mutants, I'm like, I want this movie to come out now. Everything yeah. I see from it, I'm like, this looks great. I want to see it. Do you remember uh, Zay Frank? He was the, uh, mm-hmm. one of the founders of for BuzzFeed. Yeah. Uh, he did a video called Brain Crack, and it was the idea of holding on to an idea for so long and never acting on it. It keeps sounding better and better in your own head. Mm-hmm. And New Mutants <laughs> just might be a collective, kind of like a Mandela effect, where we just kind of like all as a society agree that like, yeah, this movie might like be good, and we might get it, and it's just going to keep getting better, because if you keep working on something, it's just going to keep better and better and better, and we may never forget it it yeah, might be the my, studio's brain crack I, I think the the better examples of that are, are whatever the next two game of thrones books are it's gonna <laughs> yeah, be so yeah. good it's gonna it's we're, we're definitely gonna get it and george r, r. martin's definitely not did not can't can't figure out how to land this plane at all um and, uh and the other one is the snyder cut the Snyder Cut. I, yeah. I at this point, yeah. I just want to see the Snyder Cut because I want to see that the that balloon deflate. Like, oh, it's not oh, any better. It's an unfinished movie. Yeah, it's an yeah. unfinished movie. Oh wow, it's not great. Remember <laughs> when when uh, Avengers Endgame, one of the literally one of the most successful movies ever made, the culmination of over a decade of filmmaking. Went back to theaters with one unfinished scene is like, hey, here's just a little bonus for you guys, and how they got ripped to shreds for that, <laughs> and people want a whole three hour version of that of a movie that <laughs> that people already didn't enjoy. Yes, please, <laughs> I would love it. It's ridiculous, uh, Zach. Uh, what would be for our listeners at home uh, mm-hmm. tuning in? What uh, as we kind of close this out? What would be your recommendation if someone were to hop in right now? Some older series, or I know you're not reading current, but what would be some recommendations for Valiant Comics for our listeners to check out? Uh, like I said, Wrath of the Eternal Warrior mm-hmm. by Venditti is phenomenal. Uh, Matt Kent's Exo Manowar, Jeff Lemire's Bloodshot, or the original 2012 run of Archer and Armstrong is still one of my favorite runs of any book ever. It's it's so much fun, and just unlike a lot of other comic books with how well it captures that buddy cop vibe and that's i believe if i'm remembering archer and armstrong is the time travel is one of the time travel books that they had correct kind of Mm -hmm. uh it's it's interesting uh ivar the time walker and armstrong and uh the eternal warrior those are three brothers that all come from mesopotamia and like there's the boon and the far away and you we could go real deep and all that (laughs) stuff but it's all it's all really well connected in a really tight universe that sounds awesome. Well, uh, 
gang at home. Let us know what some of your favorite uh, Valiant characters are. I did want to read from our Discord, which you can join over at patreon.com. Danny M, or Danny X, the X-Stream. Uh, I think Ninjak, or Ninja K, would be the one I would like to see most in a film, because he's a good mix of ninja and spy stuff, and a spy thriller could be great to see. Exo Man of War would also be a cool sci-fi flick, but my biggest wish is an adaptation of the miniseries Savage. It's like sci-fi Tarzan, mm-hmm. which would be kind of fun. So yeah. uh, we've got Danny M. He's a big comic lover, uh, and also, if you guys follow Danny M. on Twitter, he has his own comic podcast Boom, that he started, and he, and he does it with his buddies. Yeah. So check that out. But also, most importantly, go check out Hyper RPG. How often are you guys uh, hosting new uh, live streams and posting videos? We're live uh, Monday through Friday, 4 to 10 p.m. often. Um, and then we put stuff up on our YouTube as well, periodically throughout the week. So there's always tons and tons of content. But the, the show I personally run is every Monday night live at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And it's a real spooky, weird time. It sounds awesome. And you guys have a great team of uh, talented people over there. So if uh, I believe a good chunk of our audience does check out Hyper RPG. Yeah. But if you are not watching them now go check them out and uh zach where can people find you besides hyper rpg I, that's pretty much it it's my life it, it <laughs> overtakes everything i do so just follow hyper and we're good <laughs> cool there you go that, that's it uh dj you can find me at dj talks trash every place that matters at sam basher for me but you can follow only stupid answers on twitter uh, by yanking out the vowels from stupid. There you go. Yeah. Patreon.com slash only stupid answers. That's where we do live reviews as well as watch alongs for movies that you guys get to choose. Mm-hmm. And during these weird times that we have for the next month or so, we might be doing more of those. So keep your eyes out for polls so you guys can vote and then be part of our reviews when we do them. Yeah. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, you know, we get one more swing with the live action Valiant as a TV show, movie franchise, or I don't know. Something. We'll, we'll just... You pray. We'll pray for it. But, uh, Zach, thank you so much. And Thoughts thank you. and prayers to the Valiant Universe. Please. We can get a Bloodshot movie one of these days. That's good. Uh, but anyways, gang, we'll see you guys very soon. Bye-bye. Bye.